right, we're live. Hello, 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 dear Starshines. Welcome to another edition of the Lunchtime Chats. For those of you who are new, my name is Christina, and I'm an acceleration expert. That is a consciousness acceleration expert. And we are here to talk about those topics and issues that are significant for us starseeds, wayshowers, new paradigm visionaries. We have capacities, we have abilities, we have perceptions that are not necessarily embraced by our larger human family. And therefore we have very unique perspectives to the kinds of turmoil and chaos and progress we're making during these times of change. So I am here to give to the best of my ability, a liberated perspective to these pieces. So you have uh, perhaps insight, inspiration and support to choose to, to how to, um, what am I trying to say here? Get a empowered sovereign relationship to the kinds of things unfolding in your reality. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, dear Cosmic Connections. Welcome. Good to see you, darling. Thank you for that. Hey, Beverly, good to see you. I will give folks a couple minutes to get on board. Um, so while we wait, I'll go ahead and mention that our um, Light Body Essentials is now open for enrollment. Our Light Body Essentials is a program that we have in Light Body for, um, for helping people regain their sovereignty energetically. It's energy, energetic mastery, mastery of self. So it's energetic and um, other types of techniques to help you gain, regain command and control over your energy and your energy field. And, uh, and also processes to help you build a strong energy field, which in my opinion is absolutely essential for walking through this transformative process that we're all in right now. So the things I want to talk about, uh, if you guys recall, you know, we're going through an eclipse cycle and this year has been pretty, pretty intense. So I'm going to talk about a little bit, some transmissions that are coming through on a, a galactic level, stellar level, and then also talk about uh, what the spiritual lightning socket, what does it look like? And why does it happen? <laughs> and most importantly, what we could do to support ourselves going through uh, the kinds of things that happen when you stick your finger in a spiritual lightning socket. So, you know, we're going into another eclipse. So we just had a total lunar eclipse. I'm sorry, a total solar eclipse. And uh, that had a lot of energetic punch to it. And it was also stimulating a lot of activations that have, uh, celestial activations have already happened this year. So it really, you know, pushed things forward in a strong way. And we're going towards another eclipse, which is a lunar eclipse. And this one is, uh, it's kind of like it's seeding more transmissions. And what I'm observing from all this in the collective in in the collective at large for my own personal life. And then of course the community within the light body community um, was that, you know, there's a lot of pressure getting put on to us because uh, there's a lot wanting to move at once and it's a little rough on the system. And, uh, and though, you know, this is another eclipse, which is more seating. This one feels more of a, a seating of support to um, help us along and and relate perhaps to the more nurturing aspects that we need to bring into our lives you know so there's also something else coming up and it's coming up tonight and this is this is something that um that isn't talked about i uh heard this from an email that i got from a community of elders from uh from colombia and uh, they're talking about a very special eclipse, or not eclipse, a very special um, meteor shower happening tonight. And when I was tuning into this, it felt like this meteor shower is bringing gifts, gifts of soft, peaceful, awakening light, kind of like a, a gentle dawn. And this is the... Um, also the same time that the Orion and the Dragnid um, comets are active or um, meteor showers are active. So there are layers of different transmissions coming in through these media showers. 
we have the drachnids, which by the name you, you would suspect coming, it's in that area of space where in our skies where we would see Draconis. And then we also have the Orionids, which of course Orion, right? And then we have this mystery uh, meteor shower that's supposed to be happening tonight. But when you look in the grand scheme of the kinds of changes that are happening in order for us to step into the, the, the where we're evolving into that, the, what a lot of uh, people in the spiritual community call new earth, you know, <clears throat> it makes, it feels right that we would have these layers between the uh, gifts from Orion, gifts from the Draconis, and the gifts from the Great Mystery. Yeah? We are in all of these nesting dolls of reality, and these changes are happening interdimensionally as well as within. And those of us who have woken up to our multidimensional nature, you know, a lot of this stuff might seem like it's spiritual belief talk, but in our perceptions, as we wake up to who we are as these larger presence within these bio suits, we recognize that yes, we are absolutely multidimensional, no belief system required for that, right? <laughs> it's like we, we, we feel it, we know it in our being. And that comes with, you know, this isn't our only lifetime, that, you know, this is a, this reality is not what we think it is. And we're also aware of the multidimensional fuckery that's going on. So as these gifts come in, as these transmissions land, resonate, awaken, and grow inside of us, it is putting a lot of pressure on all the aspects of our systems to let go of these old structures that were part of that multidimensional fuckery, okay? And it's hard because we've colluded with them for a very long time. And it's so, so beautiful and graceful that we're also going through the time of year known as the time of the ancestors. This is where a lot of uh, indigenous practices, Celtic practices, I mean, lots of practices that are anchored in the natural rhythms talk about this is the time when the veils are very thin and we can talk to our ancestors. So all of this is working together for us. And if we're aware of it, wonderful. If we're not aware of it, you know, we're going to have a really hard time because we don't have a context for what's going on. When you are on a, what one might consider a healing journey, a spiritual journey, and your life goes to shit, there's a perspective in there that like, oh my gosh, this is all the stuff that's been in the way of my health and wellness. This has been all the stuff in the way of me recognizing my truth, you know, stuff like this. So it's a little bit, little bit easier to go through a life explosion. But can you imagine not having any of that awareness and going through life explosion? And that's, that's really what's happening in our collective the entire collective, because of these transmissions that are happening, because of all the light inundating the multidimensional realms and beyond, you know, the entire planet is going through a spiritual lightning socket experience. Now, you and me, those of us doing our work, we have a the gift of a different perspective of what's going on. There was a post a dear friend put on uh, yesterday. Uh, she's nomad, like I am, her and her um, wife are nomads, and wonderful couple, very, very adventurous, and they're making, they're making their trek to Mexico, <clears throat> uh, where they spend the winters, and uh, there was a post in there about going 28, I think it was 28 days, it might have been less, but a long period of time without electricity and water, and, and the comment was, can you imagine living life like that? <laughs> And uh, my first thought was, well, when you do it willingly, yeah, it's a lot easier than when you're doing it unwillingly. <laughs> right? But that's that that same sentiment goes into this arena, too. When we're willingly stepping into doing this work, peeling back the layers, doing, you know, peeling back our blind spots and journeying into them, when when very uncomfortable, painful things happen, we have a much different context to process these things than the larger collective. The great thing is, is that we are in a collective. We're part of a collective ocean and what we do, how we be, how we walk these, uh, these, you know, um, chaotic waters, 
does impact the collective. It does serve as a stabilizing force for the collective. So, so that's a great part of being in a collective. And then we also resonate with each other and we just reinforce what we're doing as a, as a community, right? So <clears throat> this year has been full of spiritual lightning socket moments and it's accumulative. So it's like, you know, something happens, it's kind of painful, you deal with it, okay, phew, another thing happens. Sometimes you, you get the few in in between and sometimes you don't. And what I'm finding is that this really deep work that we're doing, we're clearing away, it takes a while for it to permeate through the different layers of our being and the stuff in our subconscious that's counteracting the work that we're doing, that's the stuff that's blowing up. That's the stuff that's falling apart. If this makes sense, you guys let me know. <laughs> let me know if this is if this is landing for you guys. Who here actually might be, uh, who here, actually I think everybody has a, the, the lightning socket experience. Who here is not experiencing a spiritual lightning socket experience this year? I, I would really love to hear from you. So we have all these events happening in these multidimensional nesting dolls, we will perceive it as celestial events. But when you go into the mystery cosmologies, when you go into the myths and stories of the ancients of different elder teachings, they look at these events in a very different way. They see all of us, and I'm, I, I see this too, is that we're all in, we're all enveloped within the great dream of the mother. We're all enveloped within this, um, this reality that is held in place by the great mother, Pachamama. And when you spend time under the stars and then things start showing up within that, they see that as things coming from beyond the veil, penetrating the great dream of the mother. And those are usually gifts. Now, what is a gift? A gift is something someone hands you, energy gives to you, right? It's, uh, it's up to us to orientate to that energy, to those tr transmissions for it to actually be the experience of a gift for us, okay? <laughs> so it's a gift. But if we don't relate to it, if we don't find the, the harmonic relationship to it, it could be more turmoil. It could be more chaos, in which case that sh that's showing us that we're not in, we're, we haven't yet found that relationship yet that allows this to be a gift, something that makes us stronger, something that feeds our light, feeds our truth, that helps us step forward with more sovereignty and inner freedom. Inner freedom is decided by you. It's not decided by the outside world. And what I mean by that is that it's up to you to orientate to things for you to maintain your sense of freedom, your sense of sovereignty, how you think, how you feel, what you spend your time on, how you talk, what you create, what you know, what you put your energy into what you put your focus into, you know, this is, those are the key components to exercising your sovereignty as a infinite being in a bio suit, right? So all these transmissions are happening. The entire planet is undergoing a spiritual lightning socket and things are falling apart, falling apart, falling apart. I know I have my own microcosm to this as well. This year has been a very, very whew, wild ride. <laughs> to say the least. But, you know, I have the benefit of having stuck my finger in the spiritual lightning socket willingly many times over, over the decades. So it allows me to have much more freedom to shift my relationship to the things that are happening. I'm able to, beyond a mind, beyond a mind thought, I can like be in my being and have that truth that this is actually happening for me. This is happening so I can see something about myself, something that I'm doing. And uh, in my case, it's, you know, uh, emotional, mental attachments to things that weren't 
helping me, that were draining my energy. So what do we do? Or wait a minute, I need to go into more what the spiritual lightning socket breakdown looks like. I'm going to tell some stories. So there's a dear sister, Starshine, in our community. I love her so much. She um, was on a track. She was uh, wanting to connect with a guru this many years ago. And she met a disciple of the guru and worked with her. And she prepared her and this entire group over a year or so in order to uh, prepare their energy to meet the guru in person. And he went by Bapuji. And um, so she does all that. I'm not sure if it was a year or two. I, I, I want to say it was more than a year. So the group goes. Chaos happens even in the trip going, right? <laughs> People's lives, you know, reality started falling apart before it even, you know, got off the ground in the plane. But they go. They have their experience. It was one strip away after another while they were there. It was intense while they were there. They learned all the different teachings and transmissions. And then they went home. And then sure enough, life explodes. Everything and dear sister Starshine's life, major things just explode. And she recognized she couldn't handle, she couldn't hold on to it anymore and did exactly what she knew she needed to do to clean up her life. It took years and a lot of hard work, years, okay? So those of us who've been around for a while, we understand that what's happening now is way faster than how it used to go on. For me, my spiritual lightning socket was uh, working. Well, I had a, well, I'm going to tell the one about uh, the Amazon, the Peruvian Amazon. There were several, but this was the one that was the big, big changer. I had um, a master coming into my dreams, working with me over several months. And then uh, several weeks, I was doing going on this expedition to Peru. This was in uh, 2006. And... Uh, and I just knew I had to go. I didn't have the money to go, but I knew I had to go. So I made it happen. And uh, and he starts showing up in dream time at first for many months. And then in my meditations and in my ceremonies, I just can always sense him there and dispensing things, clearing energies, all this stuff. He's actually the first one to show me that of um, different Sasquatch lifetimes, which I had no idea that's what I was being shown, even though I was a really tall, hairy being in these visions. <laughs> kind of funny I didn't put two and two together back then but that's how blind spots are right it's staring you right in the face and you still can't identify it and uh so I go and then I get to the jungle you know it's like 24 hours or or longer of constant travel uh trains uh planes automobiles buses canoes I mean boom 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 it was it was an arduous journey and we land and we get to the place and that night they're like, oh, well, we're going to have a we're going to have a, um, an ayahuasca ceremony. And I was like, er, what? <laughs> no one said that was going to happen. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, I laugh about it now. But at the time I was like really taken back, like, whoa, what? And my teacher who was organizing that trip, he was just like, I don't recommend anybody doing it tonight. Actually, you know, you're tired. You've been on a long journey. Da, 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 da. I don't recommend you doing it. And funny enough, him not recommending me to do it made me want to do it. So I did. I drank that night and it was a profound, profound experience. And the whole rest of the expedition was shaking more shackles off from what happened that first night. <clears throat> so fast forward, I come home. And I feel like I just came home to a life that wasn't mine. I came home to, uh, you know, my friends weren't my friends. My family wasn't my family. Uh, my kids and I, we had that, that connection was definitely there. That felt right. But everything else was not right. And I was having, in my waking life, total chaos and turmoil and didn't want to be around humans. And, you know, I, luckily I had a lifestyle where I can spend a lot of time in nature and uh, and it took me years to to process that. But it, it was interesting because my waking world was very uncomfortable, but my dream world was expansive and free. And I felt so good. I felt back home to myself like it was the first time I've been there, you know. So 
that was the cue to me that what was happening was my ego driver structures got shattered and they were not who, you know, the frequency of who I was, was not the same anymore. And I had to rebuild and I had no idea how to rebuild. I had no idea how to change anything. I just knew that what was, was not right. And it was painful. Absolutely. So it took years to go through that. And actually what I'm doing right now this year feels like the final conclusion to all that, you know, believe it or not, this is, you know, 13 years later, no, wait a minute, 17 years later. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so the spiritual lightning sockets take a long time to process because they go against, they, they're awakening things inside of us that are against what we've been conditioned to um, live generation after generation, but also our entire lives. So these um, life meltdowns, as painful as they are, they are taking us someplace. They are bringing us someplace that we never imagined possible. There was another spiritual lightning socket moment when I was living in Colorado where um, I just, I had this dream and I just woke up that I knew everything in my life had to change. And I had no idea again, how to change it. And so I was asking, well, what, where am I going? What am I doing? What am I changing towards? Like, give me, give me a bone here, you know? <laughs> and uh, all I got was I was going to start doing things, living a life that I never imagined possible. That was all the guidance I got. And that was frustrating. But lo and behold, life started unfolding and I was following my feet and the exact moment that needed to happen happened for me to wake up to what I was really doing, what really needed to change. And, and it wasn't until I was already making steps towards those changes that I realized, oh, this is the change, <laughs> you know. So I have a lot of compassion for the pain that one goes through when your life falls apart, when things start crumbling, especially when it's something that you love, that you really care about, that you put a lot of energy into. Okay. But we are in the envelope, the dream of the Pachamama. We are in this realm unfolding ourselves towards something. And the adventure is finding out what that something is. <laughs> okay. We don't get to know beforehand because our ego driver can't allow us to go beyond into the unknown comfortably. The job of the ego driver, because of all this conditioning and ancestral stuff is to keep us safe. Keep us in the, in the, in our lane of what's known, what we know we're capable of. But we're here to wake up to what we never dreamed we're capable of. So you can see how those two, those two things don't go together. They can't go together. So the spiritual lightning transmissions, activations that are happening are showing us the stuff inside that is holding on to this multidimensional fuckery that can't exist anymore. It literally cannot exist anymore. We're really powerful beings. If we want to go through the pain and suffering of it, we can make it exist. Yes, we can. But there is always a point in time where the pain of not changing becomes more than the change itself. And we do eventually make that leap. That's one of my most favorite Chinese proverbs, by the way. <laughs> So <clears throat> these transmissions are coming in. We're receiving them, whether we like it or not. I'm talking about our ego driver, likes it or not. Our spirit already is on board because we wouldn't be here in the space if it wasn't, right? So what do we do? How do we, how do we navigate this? How do we work through the life crumbling? How do we work through the chaos, the upheavals, the surprise plot twists, you know, stuff like this. And uh, one of the biggest things is really settle yourself and always turn inward. What is, what am I feeling right now with this happening? What is the heartbreak, you know, that's in here? What is the pain that's in here? What is the suffering that's in here? Um, suffering is an interesting experience. Um, 
not that it's pleasurable in any way, not that I wish it on anybody, absolutely not. But there's a um, very interesting phrasing that came into my world not that long ago, and I just love it. And this was in the context of a, um, a senior monk initiating a newcomer into the a monastery. And it was Thai. Uh, and the idea that was conveyed upon the welcoming was, are you prepared to hope you're prepared? No. Are you prepared to suffer? And it's kind of like, huh? What kind of welcome is that? <laughs> you know? But lo and behold, what he, what he goes on to convey is that there's two kinds of suffering. And this is, this is the part where it's going to get more painful until it's not, right? There's the kind of suffering we run from, okay? And in this context, I mean, the pain, the, the unresolved emotion stuff of our ancestors and ours that are in this, in this bio suit, in our subconscious. There's the suffering that we run from, and it chases us everywhere we go. And then there's the suffering that we face. And that is the kind of suffering that is the gateway to discovering your freedom. Okay. What this means is, is that be with it, feel it, have it, let it move. And then things like this won't have control over you anymore. Fear of, for example, Fear of heartbreak won't have a hold over you anymore. Fear of grieving won't have a hold over you anymore. Yes, you'll still have it. Yes, it's still painful, but it will not control you. You see, you can face it centered. So when these upheavals, life fall aparts happen, you know, first we have our big reaction but then we need to breathe, recenter ourselves and be like, okay, really spirit, what am I here to do? What's my next step? Okay. And it's painful. It's not easy. It's easier now than it was years ago. That's for sure. But it's also happening over and over and over again, very quickly in the here and now. So that, that part is, is a little daunting. Because it's like, will I ever get a break? Will I ever get a break? Yes, you can get a break. And this is where our personal care for ourselves, the bar has to get lifted. So there's a, you know, there's that whole self-care thing, right? Uh, what I used to do is I would self-care. I would do my meditation or my yoga or whatever my self-care was. Meditate in the bathtub, salt water, sound baths, you know, all these things. And what I realized, it took me a while to realize this, what I realized was that I had to do so much self-care because I'm recuperating. I'm recuperating. And once I recuperate, I go back into toxic situations. So I started using my self-care as a crutch to perpetuate toxic relationships to, so I can endure them. That's not the kind of self-care I mean <laughs> in this context. You guys, have you guys, actually, let's pause with that one. So the self-care, the inner nurturing that we've been doing, that we've learned, a lot of times we've learned it and it becomes a crutch so we can continue on with toxic relationships toxic situations, okay, that is over. Now that self-care is about you truly making the changes that you need to make in order to live your truth, your authentic life. There's no way around it. The ego driver might fight it, but it's there. It is there. And when we learn to self-care in the context of nurturing ourselves as much as we need to in order to 
be how we truly be, to live in our truth, that's the kind of self-care we, we are being called to adopt. So that means nourishing yourself, nourishing yourself with connections, relationships, nourishing yourself, of course, uh, nutritionally, clean food, clean water. And then there's also the intellectual nurturing, feeding your mind with thoughts and ideas and that inspire you, that, that actually lift you. There's the self-care emotionally, love, tenderness, right? Love and tenderness. We all need love and tenderness, whether even the strongest of us need it, okay? And then, of course, there's um, the rest we need, the, cre the uh, nurturing of our creativity. So we have many things that self-care, you know, is talking about as far as self-caring to the point of living the truth, who you are authentically. Oh, hello, dear sister Laurel. Good to see you. Yep. Spirit bound, spirit bound Neo says riding the wave, riding the wave. Yes, absolutely. Uh, behind my eyes and storylines. Hello, dear starshine. Good to see you, love. I experienced grave suffering after my death, right? So much had been cleaned up and blind spots in my face that could no longer be avoided more quantum available after this guise of suffering. Yes. Wow. Okay. So, uh, whew, whoosh. yeah, I'm just, I'm just sitting with that sister. Holy moly. You're so brave. Okay. <clears throat> Oh boy, there's a lot of emotion here, darling. Hold on. Whew, I wasn't, <laughs> I just went right in. I wasn't <laughs> realizing that's what I was going into. <laughs> oh, darling. Yes, you're so brave. You're so remarkable. Really, you are an inspiration. All right. She goes on to say, it wasn't a storyline of nourishing and helping others track energy. It was a storyline about my multidimensional faceted approach to healing within first and then available for the collective yes yes okay thank you yes it all starts right here it all starts right here okay Whew. the energy of that totally brought me into that wave <laughs> thank you darling yes yes um, the death right she's referring to is um, a module and a course that we do where we teach death rites and these are death rites you can do for a beloved that's in the process of dying or a beloved that recently has died or even ancestors and it's really powerful to do this for your ancestors um, I recently had a beloved pass and we did um, death rites for her and wow it alchemized so much and I, I really felt it uh, we did it with the family and it was so profound, so profound. I'm still integrating that. I'm getting body work actually to help me integrate that. There was so much energy that moved and shifted. So um, death rites are a really potent, potent practice to bring in because as you open up to your multidimensional being, as your psychic awareness has come online, one of the first realms you contact is your, you, 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 um, your awareness's touch is your ancestral realm. And if your ancestral realm is full of chaos and old matrix traumas, understandings, blah, 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 you know, it's, it's not a very um, encouraging, supportive environment to open yourself psychically up into. So ancestral clearing is a major facet to opening up your psychic intuitive abilities in a way that's supported in a way that is protected. Ancestors do want to help you. They do. Um, once they get liberated from the sufferings, the pains, the regrets, the anguish, you know, once that gets unraveled from their system, they wake up to who they are in a much bigger way. And they can be like angels, angelic support, spirit guide support, interdimensional 
you know, galactic guide support, it can really be profound. And for most, especially if you're here listening to this, for most it is. <clears throat> so, yeah, thank you for that. I, I totally went away from where I was. Whew. Oh, self-care. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so our self-care is now, you know, the this was all before, it was all testing grounds, it was all, you know, experimentation, what works, what doesn't work, what does this kind of support do, what does that kind of support do. Now this is where the rubber meets rubber meets the road. We are in activation, active activation, inundation of light, things are falling away at lightning fast speeds. This support needs to come in and nourish us so we can gracefully walk through what we can gracefully walk through and, and, you know, maintain living our lives while we're going through this very intense process. And we have legions of beings. We have the entire solar system, the entire Milky Way galaxy. We have all the galaxies surrounding us. We have the cosmos full of beings assisting us in this process. And these meteor showers that I mentioned earlier, and particularly the mystery ones that are happening tonight, it is said that the these this meteor shower are our cosmic beloveds, or even ourself as a cosmic self, gifting us with more light, more transmissions, gifting us with more support. If we can say yes to that support, receiving takes courage. Letting yourself be nourished, letting yourself rest when you need to rest, giving yourself exactly what we need goes against some of our programming, but that's exactly what we need to do. The spiritual lightning socket is not going to end here. It's going to continue for several more years. Um, dear sister Ray Ellen, our astrologer in life body, she um, informed me that we're actually like 70 something years away from the um, from the poles shifting to be conjunct Polaris, which is where we've been evolving for thousands of years now. And that becomes the new governing light for the next age, the energies of Polaris. So the ancient Tao works a lot with Polaris energies. When you start getting into um, healing with cosmic frequencies through the Tao, Polaris is the anchor point, is the at the top of the pillar, so to speak. So we're going in this direction. All that old stuff is leaving. It's painful, but we can nourish ourselves while we endure and eventually become liberated. But we need to not be afraid to feel our, our pain, our suffering. We really need to have the, what we need to have. There are things we don't need to have. That's great. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> you know, there's enough. There's enough inside of here to, to work with. Uh, we don't need to hang on to anything that's superfluous, right? So as we come into the closing of the year going into the solstice this is a this is a time for us to go within and start asking ourselves what is it that that needs nourished inside of us and start thinking about what pieces you know work for you what can you incorporate into your routine what can you incorporate into your habits that will continue to nourish you on all the, all those levels that you need nourished I know the holiday season's coming up and it's a lot about all this busyness out here. And some of us have a lifestyle where we don't need to do that, but some of us don't, you know, so, so just be mindful, you know, give, give only certain, <laughs> allocate only certain bandwidth <laughs> to, to the outer busyness. <clears throat> because this year is very, very important for us to integrate all the lightning socket, spiritual lightning socket transmissions that have happened this year. And of course, years prior, but this year particularly. So we're moving forward. We're launching into a level of living that we never imagined possible. And we need to be integrated in order for us to walk that with grace and ease. 
in order for the synchronicities to be there so we feel supported by the universe, by our universe. Yeah, let's actually define that. When there's the interdimensional uh, interferences that happen, and what some people don't realize that oftentimes when they're saying universe, they're talking about this, this outer holding of control systems instead of realizing that when they're talking about universe, you want to be talking about your universe. We are an entire cosmos within ourselves. So the synchronicities of your universe. This is an important distinction because there's a lot of belief systems out there that put things out, 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 out to this deity, out to that, out to, you know, these pieces. And, and that is uh, a disservice in a lot of ways because now we're not connected to the reality unfolding or the help coming is, is from inside. It's from our own infinite nature, from our own spirit, from our own universe. <clears throat> I hope this makes sense the way I'm saying it. All right. If you guys have any, have any uh, thoughts or questions around this, you can put it in the chats. I'll, I'll be sure to address it. So integrating means all these transmissions blooming in your inner garden. They're now sprouting and they're, they're creating blooms. They're coming to bloom. They're growing like a wonderful, strong plant within your inner garden, within your inner universe. And as they grow, they start to, you allow that, those transmissions, these new encodements, you allow that to start reinforming you from the inside, which means your preferences are going to start to change. So you usually like, I don't know what's a good example, <laughs> whatever defaults that have been your preferences, they will start to shift and change. So let them, let them change. Oh, I have an example. So I used to prefer really, I used to prefer rigorous yoga, like I, like Iyengar or um, Ashtanga type yoga. And as things started to shift within me, um, practices that I used to have an aversion to became my preferred practices, which is stuff like Qigong. Uh, and that was a very interesting shift for me because I used to really not like Qigong at all. And then I, I preferred the huff and puff and the stretch and the really, you know, get my body exhausted kind of thing. And then all of a sudden something happened and I didn't want to do that anymore. And I really loved Qigong all of a sudden. <laughs> okay. That's the result of this change, this growth, that this, this uh, garden inside of me that's growing. So things like that will start to change. So allow them to change. I've heard a story from a dear friend of mine who was, really distressed because the things that she used to do that helped her aren't helping her anymore. And that was, that take her, that took her through feelings of despair and helplessness. But really what was shifting was there was another preference rising inside that she discounted. She didn't think it was a thing until she did it. <laughs> and then, then, Oh, okay. Everything's okay. Everything's okay again. Right. So these transmissions, these encodements grow within the garden inside of us. Our preferences start to change. We start shifting our habits to something that's actually really in harmony and aligned with us and what we truly want in our spirit inside. In a lot of ways, we become more wild and undomesticatable, which is a good thing because that's freedom, right? Um, but these, these, this garden, these plants are also going to push up against the stuff that isn't working and it's going to push it in our face. And if we avoid it, you know, we're going to work against the growth of that transmission, the growth of that garden. But if we work with it, go through the pain, go through the suffering, we are now tilling the soil. We're now participating in the tending of our own garden. Uh, and these transmissions that we are getting on a stellar galactic cosmic level are fed by us 
tuning into our natural rhythms. So that's tuning into the rhythms of nature. That's, you know, not living by a clock. That's rising with the sun. That's, you know, um, having the natural rhythm of nature of the day moving you along through your day. The cycles of nature become as we tune into them, become forces of nature that feed these transmissions. So the more time you spend in nature, the better. And it's because it's retuning your system to go with the rhythms of nature, to go with the heartbeat of the mother, to release all that electronic stuff that gets stored up in our bodies from our lifestyles, release that and have it be reinformed by something different, something that is of nature. So <clears throat> I don't mean spending just a tiny bit of time in nature. I mean, really let your life revolve around these natural cycles. And if you can't be in nature, you can spend time imagining yourself in nature, in the jungle, on the mountains, at the beach whatever gives you a feeling of upliftment and bliss. It's interesting. They've actually done studies where if you just imagine you're in nature or you put some nice uh, 432 uh, sounds that are nature sounds and you bring yourself into the feeling of being in nature, your physical body actually responds as if it is in nature. That's how potent we are. All righty. Hmm. So I guess there's some more pieces to bring forward here. Oh, yes, there's more about that integration. So this integration, as this garden grows, it'll start changing the way you be. It'll start changing the way you be in relationship to how things are in your outer world. You'll have more peace, more contentment, or maybe more centeredness. You'll notice you're more centered while you're experiencing chaos, okay? You'll just notice that things that used to bring certain kinds of feelings don't do that anymore. That's, that's one of those benefits of that garden growing and you're integrating. The next piece that really anchors it in is now taking action according to that way of being. You are now creating from that place. You're now making decisions from that place. You're now making choices for the trajectory of your path from that place instead of what was there before. And the kinds of things that were there before is buried trauma, pain, fear, unaddressed grief, suffering, you know, avoidance. You know, if we make if we take actions and speak our words in the spirit of avoidance and pushing things out, shutting them down. You know, we're not we're not allowing the integration to happen when we are integrating these encodements. We are integrating encodements that bring us towards our freedom. And if we are running from things, that's not freedom. That's running from things. That's that what happens is what you run from is what chases you. We literally feel chased. We don't know what to do. And this is this is. Uh, something that is going to be shifting as we move further and further towards this, this change that's upon us. There's also more support coming on. These veils are lifting, lifting, lifting. And for those of us who've been doing that ancestral work, there's now other aspects, and I'm doing it like this, but really it's like this. There's other aspects coming online that are resources for us. And I'm talking about uh, cosmic aspects that have more direct uh, connection to our awareness. And this is where we're getting into like the Andromeda energy. There's a lot of Andromeda, Andromeda energy coming, inundating. And actually this, this, this uh, meteor shower that's happening tonight, I feel has frequencies of Andromeda transmissions within it. And those transmissions that, that Andromeda um, frequency, that's actually a gateway into entire reality that has been closed off to us for a very long time. And this, this is a reality that 
that has never known can disconnection from source. It's reality where there's consciousness templates that are innocent, pure, unscathed, undefiled. It's frequency meant to take us towards true freedom. And these kinds of collectives that the, the, the Andromeda doorway is opening is to things like healing frequencies for the Mer people, healing frequencies so more and um, unicorn grids can come online. Um, previously dismembered and wounded dragon consciousness is now getting reinformed by its intact counterpart. So we have fully intact, healed dragon consciousness coming through this portal. We have even more whale frequencies coming through this portal. And this whale frequency I'm finding very interesting. I feel like they are now, they've made, like there's a decision that has been made on a collective level for to allow humans to see how conscious and evolved that particular species is on our planet. I mean, many of us are awake to it, but I'm talking about in some way they're going to come out to humanity to show just how, what kind of consciousness they are embodying, how multidimensional they truly are. Now, there's other beings that have been leading the charge on that, such as the Sasquatch. They've been doing so much amazing work, and they've been opening a lot of people into the elemental realm, and there's a lot more people waking up to the fae realm, and those are different, you know, nature spirits and devas and uh, gnomes and fairies and stuff like this. So these kinds of frequencies are coming through that Andromeda gateway. And that Andromeda gateway is collapsing old energies from past structures introduced to us by um, Syrian manipulations. Okay. A lot of us have a deep connection with the Syrian energy. A lot of it is because we have Syrian DNA. Um, but you know, there's been a fallen consciousness as we know within Sirius and it's not, not, not the entire system, but there are aspects, right. That are in the empire, the power over dynamics that is getting set straight. That is getting set right. And what I, what I'm uh, hearing is that the sacred dreamers are upon us. They're returning to our reality. Ooh, a lot of emotion with that. The sacred dreamers are upon us. And these sacred dreamers had a very important role within creation. Before Pachamama was Pachamama, you can say it was Tiamat, or even before that, sacred dreamers were brought in from the depths of the cosmic oceans to hold a morphic field of possibility within their consciousness, their dream consciousness. And they, you know, as more sacred dreamers come together, the more solidified that morphic field was becoming and that is how the first version of the earth came about was via these sacred dreamers and i'm not saying they're in human form sacred dreamers are far beyond the human experience but as we integrate and tend to the sacred garden that's growing inside of us from these transmissions for those of us who have connections, who have ancestry to these sacred dreamers, we can embody that capacity right here, right now. And it's happening. It's happening. And all these transmissions coming in from these all these different dimensions and angles and councils and so forth, they're all a concert to strip away and wake us up to the blinders that we've been wearing for so long. So <clears throat> it's a painful journey because we've been hold, we've been in it for so long. What's on the other side is freedom, sovereignty, creating from a place of joy versus creating from a place of survival, creating from the place of inspiration, music, song, poetry, right? Versus 
uh, creating from uh, the necessary rules made for us by the matrix, you know, the money system, the, you know, all the different systems that we have here that tell us that we have to do certain things in order to be valid human beings. You know, all of this, we're learning to create from a different place. So as you integrate, the key pieces are letting it change how you be, let your preferences change, let your self-care happen. So it can, that beingness can really be your baseline. Start taking actions from these new preferences, from these new places inside of yourself. And the feedback loop that shows you this integration is happening is that things are going to miraculously show up in your life. Synchronicities that you've never imagined possible. Opportunities that you never thought of will, will show up in your life. And the thing is, they're showing up because now you are in this integrated space. You can now take action from that place instead of taking action from survival or getting by or fear or, or whatever. Okay. We are getting a grand education on exactly how we create our reality. It's not just for the spiritual masters anymore. They held the cup while we went through this dark time. And now it's time for us to not just drink from that cup, nourish ourselves, let ourselves shift and change, but become cup holders ourselves. Hmm. All righty. Let's see. Are there any other pieces around integration, integration, integration? Okay. You know, integration is a journey. It just doesn't happen. A great tool to help you as you integrate is forgiveness. And I'm talking about multidimensional forgiveness. I'm not talking about human exchange forgiveness. I'm talking about truly feeling forgiveness in your heart, in your spirit for events, for things that have happened. It could be forgiveness for yourself. It could be forgiveness for creation, creator. It could be forgiveness with people in, that you're in relationship with. You don't need to talk to, with your ego driver. You're doing a forgiveness with your ancestors and them and their ancestors and in the spiritual level. Forgiveness on the multidimensional spiritual realm unravels unresolved issues, unravels unresolved trauma. It also unravels conclusions and agreements that were based on lies. So everybody involved in a forgiveness practice gets liberated. It's not just for you. It's not just for them. It's for everybody involved. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, that's an interesting piece, darling. All right. So behind my eyes and storyline says my liberation piece was simply go kiss the boy while on a, a misunderstood perceived deathbed. Yes, yes, yes. You know, death is one of those powerful transformers, man. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it in the human experience. Absolutely nothing. Uh, it really cuts through the BS like a knife. Ready or not, there it is. And I have an affinity for death myself, so that's been a transformative force in my life. Matter of fact, all the major pivotal moments in my life all got launched with a death, death of a beloved, and then later on my own personal inner deaths. So it's a powerful, powerful awakener, and it will bring the truth forward. Even when people don't want it, it's there. And if you have the eyes to see, the ears to listen, you'll see it. You'll see it very clearly. Alrighty. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this time goes by so freaking fast. All right, darlings. 
this is it for me. Thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. Please let me know uh, if this was helpful. Um, if you like and subscribe, that helps the algorithm so other people can find these chats. We don't do any commercial marketing or anything like this. Everything we do is very is completely organic. So um, you can help us out by, by hitting the like, subscribe, that kind of stuff. The other uh, thing is I want to mention that we have the um, Light Body Essentials that's open for enrollment, lightbodyacademy.com. This is a wonderful, wonderful program. It's three meetings a month where you learn skills, tools, techniques for building a strong energy field, for good energetic hygiene, and to really empower you personally in your world. And of course, this will help navigate <laughs> the craziness. Um, the upside also to this is that when you do, when you apply these and build a strong energy field, you have a wonderful opportunity to deepen your ancestral healing. You have a wonderful opportunity to, um, to get closer to working with your dream time and more of a capacity to track energy. So there's lots of benefits to good energetic hygiene and building a strong energy field. And that's something you can find in our Light Body Essentials. And that's it for me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And we shall see you guys next time. Guys, make it a great week. Bye.